Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. I'm excited to bring you this wonderful backdrop. This is the view from our office, which is across the street from the state capitol. You know, we have a phrase in Texas in our work, government belongs to those who show up. So it makes it easy for us to show up every day during the legislative session at the Texas Capitol when you just have to walk across the street to such a beautiful building. I think the most beautiful state capitol in the country. So if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And we're right in the middle of our state legislative session, not quite halfway through, but about four to five weeks in. And there's going to be a lot of activity coming up. We want to make sure you're connected. Check out our website, txvalues.org. We have the show every week, and it broadcasts in different stations in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, also in Central Texas. But it's podcasted, and it's on a lot of different formats where you can find it from wherever you are in Texas, across the country, or across the world. So we got a great guest today, though, that I'm excited about. And I got to meet him for the first time about two to three weeks ago when there was a huge pro-life event at our state capitol. Ryan Bomberger is the co-founder and chief creative officer for Radiance Foundation that does wonderful pro-life work and family values work. He's got a tremendous personal story that connects to these issues, and we're going to tackle some of that today on this segment of the Texas Values Report. Ryan, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Hey, it's great to be here with you. Well, we got to see each other in person a couple of weeks ago in our state capitol uh, and outside of our state capitol. You were here giving a wonderful speech at our Texas Rally for Life, which is one of the largest events, pro-life events in the state of Texas. And I think one of the largest turnouts that we've seen in recent history. I've gone to, to several of them for the past 10 to 15 years, but I've heard a lot about you. I've seen you speak. I've seen great media work. And so it's good to meet you in person I imagine you've been to Texas before, but uh, what were your impressions of our Texas Rally for Life? Yes, I have been to Texas many times, which is why I asked Governor Abbott if I could be an honorary Texan, um, because the pro-life work you guys do is really amazing. You're leading the country. Um, it was just, it was great to be at the rally. It was amazing just to see such a cross-section of people, you know, culturally, generationally who were there to fight and understanding that the fight doesn't end because you know abortion is banned in the state of Texas but we know this fight is going on in state after state and we know even within the state you got I mean you have to be forever vigilant in this fight against the the pro-abortion side because they will never give up evil never never ever relents and neither does good well, it was good to have you there. I think there were a lot of people there that knew who you were or they had heard about you or seen you. But for many of them, like myself, first time to have some interaction with you in public. It was great to have our governor there who has been very pro-life as long as I can remember. He's taken leadership positions, talks a lot about the issue. Um, and real quick, programming note. All right. If you're watching on Facebook, because we do stream this live when it first happens on Facebook, I'm going to share on my Facebook page. Personally, we ask you to do the same so we can have more people continue along with this wonderful conversation we're going to have with Ryan Bomberger. 
Ryan, let me uh, dial back just a little bit, let you talk a little bit about your organization and the wonderful work that you're doing and a little bit about your background. Before we came on the show, I know a little bit about you and some of your work, uh, a good bit about it, but I always like to mix it up a little bit personally. You were telling me about some of your background from Pennsylvania. We may circle back around and talk about football <laughs> by the end of this segment, but okay. tell us a little bit about the Radiance Foundation and how you got involved in the pro-life movement. Absolutely. The Radiance Foundation is a nonprofit organization that my amazing wife, Bethany, and I co-founded back in 2009 because we wanted to illuminate that every human life has God-given purpose. And so we've had so many incredible doors open since then. We have different ways that we, we do that kind of illumination. We actually do it through ad campaigns, which include billboard campaigns, social media campaigns. We do it through our factivist journalism which, you know, factivism versus activism, where we actually want to be moved by the facts, not misled by our emotions. We have our compassionate community outreaches, and then we do about 60 keynote events each year in venues all across the United States. And so we're just really passionate about illuminating that every human life, whether you're planned, unplanned, able or disabled, every human life has God-given purpose. And so we've been able to open those doors. Our, our website's radiance.life. That's how you can see the content that we create that we're really passionate about creating, stuff that's fearless, factual, and freeing. Well, look, in the life issue is probably one of the most talked about issues right now. I mean, and it's always something that comes up a lot particularly in some of the spaces that you and I are in and people that are involved in law and politics and so on. But after a year where Roe versus Wade was overturned, I think there's just a huge segment of not only in Texas, but across the country of people that, you know, they are aware of the issue, but probably never really talked about it. They didn't think it impacted their life or it wasn't right. something they had to think a whole lot about. Or if they did, maybe they sort of had their mind made up and they didn't have to think a lot about it because to them, you know, this issue settled. Uh, we have Roe versus Wade, you know, maybe states will do things from time to time, but probably not something that they gave a lot of thought to. And so that's changed right. dramatically in the state of Texas. Babies are protected through every stage of pregnancy, through every stage that every yes. uh, from conception and the mother's womb. We know some other states are doing something similar. And we know now this has become an issue for the states to deal with. I know you've been in this uh, work for uh, a little while, to say the least. Tell us a little bit about your personal background and connection with this issue and what you're seeing recently and how your narrative, your story hmm. is adding value to the discussion. Absolutely. Well, you could say that I am literally the 1% that's used 100% of the time to justify abortion. My birth mom experienced the horror and the violence of rape. That's how I came to be. And she was courageous enough not only to give me life, but give me the incredible gift of adoption. So when people ask, you're a guy, why do you care? One, because I'm human. And this is a human issue, um, too, because my own storyline. I mean, I could have been aborted. And so instead, I grew up loved in a family of 15, where 10 of us were adopted. I was the first one. And really just loved like crazy by my parents, Henry and Andrea Bomberger, who weren't fixated on how we came to be, but were really focused on who we were meant to be. And so that's why I'm particularly passionate. And my wife and I have four kiddos, two of whom were also adopted. So we're we're incredibly passionate about adoption because it's part of the solution to the injustice of abortion. And so that's a little bit of my background so people can understand why it's just, it's like fire in my bones. Of course, I'm going to fight for the most marginalized among the marginalized. You know, Ryan, I, you may have covered this when you spoke in Texas. Um, 
how old were you? Tell us when, when, at what point did you find out a lot more about this story, about your personal background, your mother, the adoption, and all the things that went along with it? Right. Well, my parents are white, so I knew right away, um, there's a little difference. I'm brown. They're not. So I knew from a really young age that I was adopted. Plus, it was such a natural part of the conversation. I mean, in my family, we have white, black, white and black like me. Um, we have Native American, you know, able and disabled. And so there, there were all kinds of conversations about adoption and celebration of adoption, our birth parents. But it was at the age of 13 when I fully understood my origin story. Apparently, I had misunderstood and I didn't know what the word rape meant. And it was so at the, you know, the already tumultuous time in your teenage years at 13, that that whole origin story was rewritten. And it was devastating initially. But because I was so loved, I was able to channel that and use that constructively in an eighth grade persuasion speech, in which it was the first time I, I ever shared my story to fellow students and to my teacher. And I knew I mean, I knew deep in my heart at that moment that I had a story that was worth telling. So that was a long time ago when I was well, 13. And, you know, look, and you, you're right. It was a long time ago. You've obviously done great work since then. But for so many of us, right, the life issue, particularly those that maybe do a little bit more with it, like yourself, myself, if you will, uh, there's a personal connection. And I think that's not a whole lot different from many people that at some point decide whether they're pro-life or pro-abortion. There's usually a marker or a time period. Yours is a little more striking. And, and I agree with you, right? I can sort of connect with that. I've got a 13, a 15, and a 16-year-old uh, kids in that time period, right? I, I, you know, going through a lot of changes, but also right. having discussions that maybe you're starting to get close to adulthood. And to have this issue in your personal life, I'm sure was uh, obviously something that you probably still think about, but at that time, you know, who's prepared for those things, right? And I and I love hearing about how your parents handled it, which I'm sure uh, gave you a lot of encouragement and security right. and comfort. But my point on all of this, though, is these are important conversations. Your ability right. to say, I've been through it. I had those conversations because there are a lot of people believe that people don't or shouldn't, or they're going to have some difficult or unvaluable life to come out of those circumstances. Right. And they never give that child a chance. Right. And I think that's a tragedy. And I think you're able to show people, well, you know, maybe at the beginning, or you work through some of those things, but there's so much value that can be created and what it says about how we care about the most vulnerable in society. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, my shirt says life has purpose. If you can see that, life is purpose. And so that's whether you're planned or unplanned. The circumstances of our conception never change the condition of our worth. And yet our society places this conditional worth on human beings based on their past or present circumstances. And that's certainly not a, a Christian worldview to have. We all have equal and irrevocable worth simply because we're created by God. Did God intend for my birth mom to experience the violence of rape? Of course not. But he does specialize in enabling triumph to rise from tragedy. And so we have to look at it, look at these situations through that lens. Instead, we often say, well, that person's disabled. Well, several of my siblings are disabled. Do they have less worth than others? Of course not. So we have to look through what I consider the breakthrough filter of Christ. And it helps us see human beings or fellow human beings very differently. And so it causes us to act and react very differently when we see others as being made in the image of God.
with equal oh, look, and irrevocable it, And I love all the imagery, right? As, as a constitutional lawyer, someone who, when I was in law school, I had to fight for the free speech rights of the organization that I was leading. And so I love, you know, the t-shirt, all that stuff. I mean, we're in an important time period where this type of information helps the conversation. A lot of young people, older people, they are thinking about it more deeply for the first time. And I think you're in a wonderful position to talk to people about it, drawing from your own personal experience, and also talk about the beauty of God's creation and how that fits so well together with our Christian faith. And so I, we're having an event on March 13th. As a matter of fact, we're going to focus on the pro-life issue. We're going to focus on religious liberty issues issues of sexuality. I'm going to touch on that just a second with a book that you've got, Ryan. Uh, March 13th is our Texas Faith and Family Day for those Texans out there that want to come and be a part of it. Um, Ryan, there's a lot of conversation on these issues. I know you're act very active on social media. You, you speak at a lot of places you were mentioning. Um, the life issue is, I know, very key for you. But I see now you working on these other issues that we're now tackling more that relate to issues of sexuality, identity, if you will, that are very challenging. And you got a great book out called She is She. Tell us what the book is about and why you're getting involved in this issue. Yeah, I, I'm embarrassed that I actually have to step out of frame for a second. Hold on. I'm going to be right back. Uh, hey, that's what okay. About. <laughs> we're live, but this All is, right, there you know, go. bring it. It's, it's I okay. want to see the prop. This is the book right here. She is she. Why in the world is this even controversial? It's controversial because it's not just about our culture's, you know, aggressive attempt at erasing women and girls. It's about erasing objective truths. So my wife, Bethy, and I wrote this book, She is She, and it's a children's book. It's illustrated. It's adorable. And it just celebrates undeniable, biological, beautiful her. It starts off by saying, she is she. You see some of the light reflection here. She is she. She, hold on. She is not he. It goes on to say, she is not we. She is she. I mean, these are simple truths to impart to our children. The, the issue is our children's worldview begins to form, you know, at a very young age, even at the age of two years, 13 months is when it starts. And it becomes really solid at the age of 13. And the world understands this. That's why they target our, our children with all kinds of toxic ideology. Why in the world, especially as Christians, are we silent on these issues? And so we created She Is She. People can go to sheishe.com. Um, we also have He Is He, which will be released in August of this year because we believe in equality. Um, but we really want to reach out to adults to be able to impart an age-appropriate worldview on what it means to be female, what it means to be male, and to celebrate these things and not be confused by a world that doesn't even know how to define what a woman is. Well, and look, I mean, absolutely right. We saw that debate break open last year at different political conventions, right. campaign speeches. We've got this athlete out of Texas. A lot of people don't realize Leah Thomas, formerly Will Thomas, uh, a male athlete who decided to swim in the women's uh excuse me, swim in the women's division for swimming competitions at the NCAA championship is right here from right here in central Texas, right. right? That was a big story last year that really helped people understand. No, this is a real concern. If you allow this to happen, people are going to get bumped off the awards podium. There's a reality to it. And, but for many years, there's been books out there that you and I probably would have concerns about trying to convince people that things are different and, you know, things are sort of fluid and there's not anything really objective truth. Otherwise you probably wouldn't need to have a book called she is she, or he is he. And so I see that as sort of a response to um, people trying to change 
not only the discussion, but should, but to, you know, redefine sexuality, things that are defined by God, but are also scientific. I mean, these are biological truths. So I uh, right. commend you. As a matter of fact, we're going to have copies of the She is She book at our Texas Faith and Family Day on March 13th. If people want to get a hard copy, and he mentioned the website, sheisshe.com. Um, we, you talked about this when you were in Texas, Planned Parenthood, does a lot of is probably one of the, the biggest entities to perform abortions, pro-abortion entity. But we're also seeing they get involved in these sexuality issues as well. Give us your thoughts on that. Well, they're a huge part. I mean, first of all, Planned Parenthood is corrupt. They were actually birthed in the same racist and elitist elitist pseudoscience as the Holocaust. I mean, the ties between Planned Parenthood and and Nazi Germany are, I mean, I write about this extensively at Radiance.life. You can see some of the articles, Radiance.life slash inhumane, and you will see all of these insane parallels. But Planned Parenthood is all about the the elimination of those that they don't believe are planned or, or are wanted. And so abortion, they understand abortion revenue is going to be decreasing. And obviously in the state of Texas, I mean, there's no abortion revenue for them anymore. So what do they do? For years, they've been shifting to this this whole gender confusion. They call it gender spectrum. And it's just another massive revenue generator for them. I mean, a, a minor can go into a Planned Parenthood without any kind of physician's consultation or anything like that, go into Planned Parenthood and get these dangerous carcinogenic puberty blockers. Well, of course they can, because just like they try to cast abortion as being something as benign as having your tooth pulled, they're doing the same thing with these these body destroying um, puberty blockers. Of course, then the body mutilating surgeries, which then follow. And so they're taking a huge part of that, you know, that pie, that money um, that comes with this this new industry. And it's so insane because they are targeting the youngest of children. Keep in mind too, Planned Parenthood is involved in a lot of school-based healthcare clinics as a result of Obamacare. And so they're not only helping to affirm it, they're helping to encourage this radical um, gender ideology that they're feeding to kids as young as kindergartners. And, and they we're know seeing that they're it even in the state of Texas. Customers. That's why we're working on some legislation to set things right, to make it clear that you've got to have certain state standards or certain uh, state uh, standards have to be followed. There's got to, parents have to be made aware of it. There has to be votes. There's got to be transparency. And when usually you shine the light on these type of things, you find that it's not what a lot of parents want the majority, whether they're on the right or left, if you will, they don't think it's appropriate for certain ages. They weren't told ahead of time. Thankfully, in the state of Texas, we're now an opt-in state for sex education. That means parents have to be told ahead of time their child might be taught about some of these things. What I see a lot, though, is Planned Parenthood types and others have some of their teaching or curriculum, and they try to sort of skirt around it and act like, you know, this is sort of uh, for preventative reasons or science. They try to try to find a way to avoid being in that topic of sex education, particularly in states like Texas, so they don't have to face some of those standards. Uh, but we know what we're up, they're up to. And you're right. They're looking for new revenue sources, right? Because right. Texas, other states have cut off the government funding or there's no abortions being uh, performed at all. And, and and I've seen them getting more involved in these LGBT or sexuality issues for some time. And so I think your book is spot on. I love that you're doing it. And I love that you're sort of broadening your ability to connect with people on, an, on two issues that you and I, and I think many others see that there's a connection. So we just got a few minutes left and I, I did enjoy getting to see you in person. I'd love to spend some time with you again. We'd love to invite you back to Texas, be a part of an event 
that we're having or that we're that we have throughout the different years. We actually have an event in September, September 15th and 16th. So I won't put you on the spot. I'll send a formal <laughs> request to your okay. team to maybe come to our policy forum. But one reason why, okay, because you mentioned this when we were doing the setup that that you played football in Pennsylvania and you talked about Friday night lights, but you probably know the Friday night lights kind of the book and all that um, concept and, and talk came from Texas, right? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, doesn't everything good come from Texas? I mean, you know, as we say, it ain't bragging if it's true in Texas, but I mean, a Texas football game on Friday night, maybe we can steer you into one of those things. Um, is pretty special. And my son's at a private school. It's a little bit of a smaller venue. It's still awesome, you know? And so uh, I'm just glad I'm on the sidelines, not, not on the field <laughs> yes. like you were. <laughs> yeah. No, no more. That was a long time ago. My body couldn't handle any of that, any of that impact, but I do love watching it. Yeah. Well, and you know, you see that a lot that, and that's where the communities come together a lot yeah. on these different things. And it's so funny when we were in the, um, the, this was during the election season, there was a governor's race. There was a lot of chatter and discussion about politics at our football games. Uh, believe that. So listen, Ryan, I appreciate all the work that you're doing. And I know as you continue, we got this book coming out. He is, he, people are going to ask questions are going to push back. And so I know that takes a lot of courage. We'll continue to pray for you and all of your team and the work you're doing. And because uh, I think it's a true blessing, not only for Texas, the entire country. And we appreciate you being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks so much. God bless. All right. Great to have Ryan. First time on the show. Like I was saying, I met him a couple of weeks ago, certainly aware of him. And we might need to put a little marker. He was the first one to be on the show with our new backdrop, uh, capturing the beauty of the view that we have from our office across from the state capitol. But it is a part of us trying to bring a higher level of quality to the work that we do. I mean, it's not an entertainment show, but we do want to have a high level of quality to bring you good visual images, to also just make it something that draws you in a little bit to keep your interest and for you to understand and connect with some of the work that we do and why it's important for what we do. I'll tell you what, Ryan certainly made... Uh, good use of the South Steps of the Capitol when he spoke that day. And, and I'm inspired by him too, as we see people from broader backgrounds, right? The issue of rape and incest is going to be talked about a lot during this session. That's one of the reasons why it's so great that Ryan's message that uh, that he's out there. You can meet someone that's gone through it and you can see the work they're doing. You can hear him talk about what his experiences were like. So we're gonna be talking a lot about the pro-life issue. I think we got a graphic we're gonna put up, uh, do a screen share. Texas Faith and Family Day is on March 13th. This is the largest faith and family event during the legislative session, at least that I'm aware of. We've got some great speakers. Speaking of pro-life leaders, Abby Johnson is gonna be there. Riley Gaines, the swimmer from the University of Kentucky, she had to swim against Leah, Will Thomas, whatever he calls himself, when he competed in the women's division. You want to hear her story about that. She's been all over media and the big media shows, Fox News. Corey DeAngelis is on top of the uh, school choice issue, a guy that's from San Antonio right here in our home state. And we're going to have elected officials there. We're going to have grassroots leaders from all over the state. And for the first time ever, we have buses coming from two of the biggest cities in the state of Texas. So if you're in the Dallas area, there's an option to get a bus. If you're in Houston, there's an option to get a bus in the northwest part of Houston. All right, we're queuing that graphic up here just a second. TexasFaithAndFamily.com. And we've covered some of the costs for the bus. 
to make it a little bit cheaper. It's not full price. So I don't know, it's maybe $30. It's going to cost you more than that to put gas in your car to drive to Austin. You won't have to drive. You can meet some like-minded people. You can have a nice, comfortable environment. After you've got a long day at the Texas Capitol on our Faith and Family Day, Monday, March 13th, you can get on the bus. Maybe you could take a nap on the way home. And so we're trying to do everything we can to make it comfortable and connect with you because this is an important day. Texas Faith and Family Day is about the pro-life issue, about education issues, about religious liberty, marriage and family. We're going to spend the morning educating you on the process at the state capitol, how to get involved, what some of the current issues are, the current pieces of legislation. Then we're going to have a rally on the South Steps so we can make our message and our voice heard out in public so people see that. We're going to have a brief lunch, and then we're going to spend the second half of the day matching you up with your House and Senate leader to uh, connect with them and talk with that person, he or she, about the issues you care about, making sure they're ready to vote for those issues. There might be a hearing that day. When we get into the second half of March or the you know, during March, you see some hearings. As a matter of fact, the Senate has a hearing next Monday on the 27th. There's a religious liberty bill there that we're going to be supporting. And so get ready, but get on the bus, okay, or get your own bus. And if you're from San Antonio, some other state, you want to put a group together and have a bus, let us know. We're happy to help you. But come from wherever you are. It's only $5 to attend. That covers your lunch, okay? I mean, it's free. We're not going to make you pay the $5 if you don't want to have lunch, but you're going to have to eat that day. TexasFaithAndFamily.com. We've got other great partners, Patriot Mobile, National Association of Christian Lawmakers, Concerned Women for America of Texas, Texas Eagle Forum, a lot of great partners that are a part of this event. TexasFaithAndFamily.com is the website. March 13th is the date of the event. I'm super excited about it. Hey, if you didn't catch it last week, the governor did a state of the state address. Also, the lieutenant governor named some of his priority pieces of legislation for this session. It included pro-life issues, supporting the alternatives to abortion fund. It included the Save Women's Sports issue. The governor talked about Save Women's Sports. He talked about Riley Gaines last week, okay? So a lot of good momentum that's starting to build on our issues. We're going to talk all about it on texasfaithandfamily.com. If you're watching live and you haven't registered yet, at noon, we have the part two of our Legislative Advocacy 101, that training. If you see value in our work, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Please, Make that tax-deductible donation today. Collectively, with all the organizations we have, our budget's about $2 million. We're spending, and there's a lot more cost on this Faith and Family Day. We think it'll be worth it. Maybe you can't come, but you want to help sponsor it. Make that, uh, excuse me, that tax-deductible donation today at txvalues.org. And that's how together we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.